verses 18 to 30. That's one o, page 1047 in the Church Bible. Um, bear with me, I've got a bit of a horse throat at the moment. Then Jesus asked, What is the kingdom of God like? What shall I compare it to? It is like a mustard seed which a man took and planted in his garden. It grew and became a tree, and the birds of the air perched in its branches. Again he asked, What shall I compare the kingdom of God to? It is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into a large amount of flour until it worked all through the dough. Then Jesus went through the towns and villages, teaching as he went his way to Jerusalem, as he made his way to Jerusalem. Someone asked him, Lord, are only a few people going to be saved? He said to them, make every effort to enter through the narrow door, because many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able to. Once the owner of the house gets up and closes the door, you will stand outside knocking and pleading, Sir, open the door for us. But he will answer, I don't know you or where you come from. Then you will say, We ate and drank with you, and you taught in our streets. But he will reply, I don't know you or where you come from. Away from me, all you evil doers. There will be weeping there and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you yourself thrown out. People will come from east and west and north and south and will take their places at the feast in the kingdom of God. Indeed, there are those who are last who will be first and first who will be last. second reading is from Revelation, chapter 5. Uh, and that is on page 1,237 of these blue Bibles. Revelation, chapter 5. Then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it. I wept and wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside. Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw a lamb, looking as if it had been slain, standing in the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. He had seven horns and seven eyes, 
which are the seven spirits of God sent into all the earth. He came and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood you purchased men for God. From every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God. And they will reign on the earth. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders, and in a loud voice they sang, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. And then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them singing, to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. The four living creatures said amen, and the elders fell down and worshiped. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning. And he's sitting there looking very nervous because he knows how long I preach at nine o'clock. And <laughs> it's now half past 11. So uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for bringing us here today. And we thank you that we have been able to um, gather as a family and to uh, dedicate Ace to you as a new family member. And we thank you that we've been able to hear about the work of cap and that all that is done in your name and for your glory and we just pray today that you will guide us with your vision for this church today and that we can partner with you we can walk with you to uh, move into the future that you have before us and we pray this in Jesus name amen uh, so I may skip over one or two of the slides as we go um, because there are some key things I want to say today. But I'll start just by saying uh, I shared before um, that one of the key words that has been shared with me by many people since uh, we arrived is that you're excited. And I said a few weeks ago, well, that excitement needs to move into action. Um, and uh, Andy mentioned the fact that I vandalized Jean's board on the way in this morning. Um, which is to change what was a, a, a gentle request into not quite an instruction, but certainly a heavy invitation that if we're serious about inviting people to join us, Christmas is a great time to do it, and we have some wonderful leaflets that identify what it is that we're doing, and we'd love for people to take those and to come and to join us to hear the good news over Christmas. Who's up for that? I need 35 more hands, by the way. <laughs> I counted them. 
I, when, uh, in, in the six months since I arrived, we've gone through a series of, of uh, mini-series, uh, sermon series, and uh, we looked at who is God, who am I, uh, that we're a body of Christ made of many parts, work together, that the minimum that God asks for us is that we believe in the one the Father sent, but there are greater things, and that we are co-workers in his co-mission. He, we, we work with God, God works with us. And then we had a mini-series uh, which just completed on the five marks of mission. And uh, I only preached one of them. We had a marvellous team, and I think really challenged us on all of those different things. Proclaiming, loving service, uh, nurturing disciples, justice, and uh, Richard last week challenging us in stewarding creation. So today, the question is, what next? We've laid those sort of foundations but what next? What is it that God may be calling us to? And so uh, the first thing I'd like to share, if the slides are up there, uh, next one, thank you, um, is uh, first thing we did when I arrived is uh, in PCC, we adopted a new mission statement, just slightly different. It was being passionate disciples of Christ. And I suggested to PCC, and it was accepted, that a more active uh, approach would be making passionate disciples for Christ. So rather than just being here, which is a good thing to do, it's only part of the story, we actually want to make ourselves more of passionate disciples, but also we want to make more of them. We want to see the kingdom grow. And so we're looking to invite others to come to know Jesus. And we do that in a number of ways. So that's the mission. We're now thinking about the vision. What does the future look like under that? Well, I've taken the liberty uh, to make one up. Um, <laughs> and part of today is to ask you, do you agree? Can we change this? Is this does this accord with what we think um, the, uh, the vision for Christchurch might be? Um, and I'm going to show you three leaflets. Um, and there's the first one. The first one's on commitment. The second one is on financial giving. And the third one is on courses that we're looking to run. And I think I've mentioned those before. And at the back of each of that, well, certainly two of those, this vision, uh, sorry, previous slide, please. Uh, this vision, back a bit. Previous slide, that's the one. It's very small writing, but I'll read out what it says because you'll find it on the leaflets when they come out. Christchurch vision is made of outcomes. So it's not about what we do, it's about what results from those actions. And by 2025, Christchurch will have become even more of a family, will have deepened in discipleship, have shared the gospel, have made new disciples, fed the hungry, healed the hurting, loved the outcasts, transformed our community, worshipped God in the power of the Holy Spirit, and glorified God. Are those things, do you think, we can get behind? Is that what we should be doing? Because what I did... Oh, good, there's a loud yes from over there. Brilliant. Um, <laughs> yes! Because um, what I did in writing these was really just to capture some of the things which were reflected back to us during those five marks of mission. And it's interesting that uh, it made me think of uh, when I uh, trained as a curate, uh, we go through this curacy training, 
And Southwark is a very broad diocese, as you probably know, a very broad range of people's understanding of what it is to be church and, and what the gospel is, etc. And so we very politely don't talk about the things we disagree on because we're unlikely to change each other's minds. So for three years, um, it was all very sort of polite until pastoral care. And on the session on pastoral care, the room kind of went like that, <laughs> split into two. And on one side, you had those who would take the view as... Uh, as St. Francis of the Leicester have said, preach the gospel, use words if you have to. And so it's all about loving service and social action. And then you had people on the other side of the room who were, no, you have to bring people to a saving faith. They need to give their lives to Jesus, otherwise they're lost forever. And that's pastoral care. And it was kind of either or. And I came away with the view that actually it's both ends. We both serve people and love people but we do that in Jesus' name, and we hope that they will come to know Jesus as their Lord and Saviour. Is that right? So it's Matthew 28 and it's Isaiah 61. It's both of those things together. And so that's where that list really comes from, as well as coming together as a family. So these leaflets, which I will reveal over the next two or three weeks, um, are really a, a, a challenge to us, but also an opportunity. So the first one, uh, the first two uh, start with, all things come from you, of your own do we give you. Christ church giving back to God for his glory. And the first one is about um, uh, an invitation to everyone, every member of Christ church and anybody who joins us to look at our commitment to the kingdom across a quite a broad range of things that we can consider. Um, and I've called them discipleship, ministry, and mission, or other words, grow, uh, grow serve, and go. And uh, the suggestion is that we look at at least one of these each year for the next six years. And we review. Now, that ideally means do a little bit more or something a bit different or fill a gap or whatever that we're not currently doing. So there is a challenge there. Now, it might just be something small, and if, if what we do is one small change each year for six years to deepen our discipleship, then we might think that's not very much. But if there's 200 people in this church, that's 200 little things each year for six years. That multiplies into actually quite a lot. Does that make sense? And one, I must highlight that one of the discipleship things to review is Sabbath or sabbatical. Because we all know that every church has the usual suspects who get involved in absolutely everything. And actually our advice to them should be, take a break. That's a valid review. But what I don't want is 200 take a breaks <laughs> because they will be going, we'll have less. So that's one to look out for. There's a bit more detail in the leaflet itself. But thinking about things that we can change about our commitment each year for the next six years. And it's not going to stop in 2025. That's just the planning period we're looking at. The second leaflet is about one of those particular commitments, and that is about financial giving. Now, I've called the slide investing, because that's what we're doing with financial resources which the church gives. And a vast majority of our income actually comes from that giving. And we invest in people, well actually investing in people as we'll see in a moment, is 
relatively inexpensive to do. It's things like having a culture of saying thank you and encouragement. It's about um, gathering together maybe in, in small groups. It's about uh, having these courses to equip people to what they're doing. That's relatively inexpensive. But we also have invested in staff and the PCC and as a congregation we have made a, a commitment to invest more in staff because we have an additional post for children and families ministry with Jude taking over the lead pastor role from the 1st of January and that investing in the 0-18s. That is paying people to do a specialist role on a full or part-time basis so that we as a, as a whole church can do more. It is not we've paid them to do it so I don't need to. It is, they are there to enable the, the whole mission of the church in particular areas. And we also invest in buildings. A vast uh, uh, project has gone into investing in this building. That will continue. But all of those investments are towards kingdom outcomes. If what we're doing is investing in having a big staff team in a big building because it makes us look good, we stop. It is about what we can achieve for his glory and specifically it is about how that contributes towards making passionate disciples for Christ. Do we agree with that? Yes. So that leaflet will be coming out and encouraging the whole church to review financial giving and in particular in 2020, ideally, or certainly by 2022, if we can uplift that by 10%, then the financial commitments we've made to staffing are, are affordable. So I'll leave that with you as something to think about and look at the leaflet when it comes. But the third leaflet is, a, is that cheap option, if you like, which is the equipping. We can run courses because we have skills in the, in the congregation to do so. And I flagged this when we talked about evangelism, equipping for ministry, equipping the saints in personal witness. And the foyer team have already said they'd like to do that course. So they can run that first and see how it works. And so if you come on a second one, it'll be better because we've ironed out problems that went wrong. Um, we had a team on Friday who were talking about evangelism and a particular passion and, and, uh, and hoping for gifting to share the gospel with people. In particular, hoping to knock on people's doors and have conversations in their homes. Now, we're talking about that uh, either when we're leafleting or when we're doing prayer walking. We'll, we'll look at doing that in the new year, which is knocking on people's doors and saying, I'm from your local Anglican church. You're in our parish. We pray. What would you like us to pray for? And then looking at the conversations that come out of that. So there are things, there are actions that we can put in place, but we need to train and equip people to make sure that we're very confident to do that. Prayer ministry and healing is another one. Jesus many times healed people so that they would know who he was. And that is another aspect which some people will be called to. And then finally there is a course which is running here in January called Mission Shaped Ministry. That's about pioneering and fresh expressions. If that's for you, let me know because we need to start booking soon but there is a, co a potential cost attached to that. If you have a passion to see church grow outside of this building in a different way to the way we do it at the moment, then that will be the course for you. But the cost might be that you might be called to be a planted church, not to be here in Christchurch anymore. But if that's you, if that's tugging at your heart today, 
then speak to me at the end or maybe come and respond afterwards. So look out for those. That's some of the things that bring together some of the conversations and things which have been happening. Um, I'd just like to uh, run forward two or three slides, please, if I could. Okay. Next one, please. Next one. Right. You've now seen the slides that I showed Pearly Baptist last week. <laughs> um, and I was talking to them about the uh, Great Commission, uh, basically sharing some of what's going on here. Um, but the final slide basically emphasised the fact that we do it together as brothers and sisters. The phrase I use, we might, look at, we might live in different houses, but it's the same kingdom. And so we look for ways to work with our brothers and sisters to bring people to Christ and to meet their, their material needs. So I'd just like to share this uh, particular quote, though, which I have shared before. The dream of God is not that you become a believer and help out the local church. And that's good to do so. But the dream of God over your life is that you come alive in his presence and bring life to every environment, spilling contagious hope into hurting community. Spilling contagious hope into hurting humanity. Sorry. How hopeful are you? How hopeful are you? And how contagious are you? Because hopeful Christians in the community who are contagious then spill out God's love and spill out the gospel to those around them and bring them to that saving faith. You're not looking particularly hopeful or contagious at the moment. But is, is that an, uh, an aspiration for this church? to spill contagious hope into hurting humanity in whatever we do. Next slide. Next slide. Oh, you're going the other way. If you go. Oh, I apologise. No, next slide. There we go. So why would we do this? So to the readings that we had today, Luke 13 starts with uh, the store, those two uh, pictures of the kingdom, the mustard seed and the, uh, and the yeast. I'll come on to those in a moment, because that's the hang. The why is that terrible picture that Jesus shared of those who haven't gone through the narrow door. And the narrow door is, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So those who haven't come to God through him are going in that opposite direction. And when they look back in, once it's all been sorted, and everybody is in this paradise they're looking in and they see Abraham, Isaac and Jacob and the time of their lives living with God and they've missed out. The cost is immense and Jesus talked about the weeping and gnashing of teeth. That is why we do it because we want people to be in and through that door and not left outside. Today and when he comes again. That's why we do it. How do we do it? Next slide. Well, we heard about the mustard seed, the tiny thing that becomes a big, uh, big tree. We heard about the, the, the bread, the dough, which has the yeast, which makes it expand. I did think about getting some dough and putting some yeast in at the beginning and seeing how big it was at the end of the service. And that's not so much about us. It is sort of about us because it's the things that we do with God. But that is about what God is already doing. 
He is planting seeds which will grow into things which are so much bigger than we can imagine. He is uh, working through all of his creation to bring a kingdom which will be transformed and perfect. He's already doing it. The how is the one in the middle, the Jesus who came back after he died on the cross. And Thomas, is uh, the doubter, is putting his finger in the hole that is the resurrected Jesus that we hear in that Revelation story. And in the Revelation story, what's happening is that there's a scroll which has got God's great plan for rescue, and no one can open it. And because they, they, no one can open it, people are weeping and wailing because they think, this is it, we're lost. And yet somebody says, there is someone. And who's that someone? The Lion of Judah. And so they turn expecting a lion, the king of the jungle, the strongest of the animals. And what they see is a lamb who looks as if slain on the throne. And then we see the prayers of God's people rising up. And then at the end they sing a new song. When first the angels and then all of creation are worshipping him because he's worth it. It's that man in the middle. The resurrected Jesus. And it's through him that we will be saved. So the final thought um, I wanted to share is what are our priorities? And that's the question. And we're going to have a little gathering afterwards, an opportunity to ask questions to offer ideas after coffee. So if we go into the next slide. So we've had a dedication today. Not to 18, is that one of our priorities? Well, in a way, it already is because we've invested a lot of money in it. But is that one of our priorities? We've heard from CAP, helping the needy and sharing the gospel, two of the things that CAP do really well. Are those our priorities? Next slide. But what are our priority activities? I would suggest to this church that if we're seeking to invite people in and to bring them to a saving faith, we need to have the tools to do that. And the Alpha Course or an equivalent like Christianity Explored is something we need to be investing more in so that we're ready to bring people into it because that is the sort of thing that brings people to that saving faith. We have the next slide. And finally, we've talked about 0 to 18. I had a conversation this week about these two things, visions and dreams. Joel spoke of it, the prophet. Uh, Peter shared it at the day of Pentecost. Who dreamed, oh, sorry, who saw visions? The young men. Who dreamed dreams? The old men. So while we might have a focus on the young people, which is really important, and families, it's really important that we also remember those at the other end of life, that they need to know Jesus as well. We need more dreamers. We need more prophets. We need more from God. So the final slide is just a summary, really, of what you'll find on some of those leaflets. The bold vision was to make as many disciples as there are already here. That's the times two. There's no time scale on that but to double. And we're looking for commitment, service, giving, use of the gifts of the Spirit, church planting. Which of those are going to be our priorities? And there's a whole process going to go on over the next few months to try and work out the answer to those. But it requires us 
not just to be excited by what God is doing, but to take action, to join him, to become co-workers with him, to take little steps so that together we make giant strides to build the kingdom. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you sent your Son. We thank you that you sent your Spirit to be with us, in us, to guide us, to strengthen us, to give us peace and to give us power. And we pray that as you challenge us today, that we can respond in the way in which you call. That what we do is all for your glory. And we lift up to you today the parish of Purley, our brothers and sisters in other churches, those in need, those who are hurting, those who are lost. And we pray that they will come to know you, that they will know salvation, and they will also know the love of God, which feeds and heals and provides. And we pray this, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.